In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the first Sunday of Baba, and today the Gospel is from Mark chapter 2. And the theme of this Coptic month is that Christ is Almighty. Christ is Almighty. And each week of this month, each Sunday of this month, we'll see how the Lord demonstrates His power and His authority. And He does this to win souls to the Kingdom. And in the Gospel of today, the Lord demonstrated His power in three ways. First, by forgiving the sin of the paralytic man. Secondly, by knowing the thoughts of the scribes. The scribes are sitting there saying, who can forgive sins but God alone? But the Lord Jesus Christ, He knew their thoughts. And lastly, He healed the paralytic man. And he got up and walked. And after the Lord had done these three amazing things to show his authority, it says that many souls were won to the kingdom. It says that the people were amazed and they glorified God saying, we never saw anything like this. And when we see the work of God in our life, I hope we can come to the same conclusion. We never saw anything like this, that God is good, His work is amazing, and anyone who experiences the grace of God will come to this conclusion. But that was at the end of the Gospel. How do we get to the end of the Gospel? The beginning of the Gospel was not so rosy. It was about a sinful, paralytic man. And what really touched me in the Gospel of today is the work of these four Men who brought this man to the Lord. One church father said that these four young men resemble the four evangelists. Another church father said these four young men resemble four virtues. Wisdom, courage, righteousness, self-control. Whatever these men symbolize, we need to be like them. We need to be like them. And we need those type of people in our life. All of us, we need support. Every single one of us, Anna the first, needs support. We need someone to carry us. Because there are days when I don't feel like walking. There are days I feel stuck. There are days I feel discouraged. There are days I feel paralyzed. And these are the days that we need our friends to come to our aid, to carry us, to bring us to the Lord. And this is the part that I want to focus on today. I want everyone to ask themselves an important question. Ask yourself this question. Am I actively, am I actively trying to bring everyone to the Lord? Ask yourself that question. Am I actively trying to bring everyone to the Lord? Parents, are you actively trying to bring your children to the Lord? Are you keen for their salvation? Actually, one thing, and I'm sorry, this is a deviation. I was going to make this announcement at the end. now. If you look at all the crowd here, there's two youth in elementary. Only two. Maybe one, two, and I had counted two earlier. Where is the rest of our elementary? Where? Parents, 
Are you bringing your kids to the Lord? This is like, like, yeah, and I've seen this trend for a while, but this like, like today is like, maybe what I don't know why, but this is shocking. This is a very shock. This should be an alarm to us. Yeah, even like, uh, even like middle school, like a little more, but very few. Parents of middle school, parents of elementary, where are your kids? Parents, are you doing everything to bring your children to the Lord? Youth, are you actively working to bring your friends to the Lord? You know, one time, uh, like a Protestant church, they conducted a study on what brings people to church. And they, the, the results of their study were this. They found that 2% of the people came because of an advertisement campaign that they did in the church. 6% of people came because of an evangelism campa- campaign. Let's go Bashar and evangelize. Only 6% came as a result of concentrated effort of evangelism. 6% came because clergy invited them. Yeah, Fulani, please, Shan Khatri, bring your people to the... Because the clergy asked. 86% of people came by their, because of their friends or their relatives were coming. What does that tell you? Is that that tells you how powerful the effect is of friends bringing friends to... To the gospel and bringing them to the church, and and I see this all the time. I won't go unless I see five of my friends going as well. Like we're so like tied and, and stuck on this. Friends are very powerful, and they can bring us to the Lord. And Yani, so just into and people, I would say, can you ask about my friend? It's better if I ask. It's only six percent effective. If a friend asks, eighty-six percent. That's like fifteen, fourteen times different. So, very important that friends are asking about each other to bring them to the Lord. That's the power of friendship. And so, when I asked you that question earlier, are you actively trying to bring people to the Lord? Imagine how this church would be different if everyone answered yes. If everyone answered yes, I am actively seeking to bring everyone to the Lord. I think our church would be remarkably different. There would be no one discouraged. There would be no one who feels lonely. There would be no one who feels left out. There would be no one who feels stuck or paralyzed. Because everybody would be carrying everybody else. The reality is often that the friends who are supposed to bring us to Christ actually cause us to stumble by gossiping about each other, by treating each other poorly. How does that bring anyone closer to the Lord? In fact, many people say, I don't want to go because people... The friends are supposed to be bringing people to church, not excluding them. That's why each person in this church has a role. Each person has a role to play. A few weeks ago, I told you about the church as a life-saving station. And each one of us has a role to play in that life-saving station. And I just read a, a fascinating story this week about the Titanic. You know the Titanic had 1,500 passengers on it. And right before the Titanic hit the iceberg, 
Another ship called the Californian was in the vicinity of the Titanic. And actually, they, they contacted each other. Like the record show, like 11 o'clock, the two ships had contacted each other. And it was in the vicinity. But what happened is, after they had made contact, the captain of the Californian decided, And then, that was like, and like he went to sleep at 11.30. 11.40, the Titanic hit the iceberg. And then, catastrophe, rockets, whatever, they couldn't reach the captain. What do you think about the captain now of the California? What would you say about him? He was negligent. <laughs> and because of his negligence, 1,500 people... Whew. And I feel that sometimes we are like this captain. If we are not fulfilling our role in the church, we are letting people sink in the world. And we have a duty to be a life-saving station, to go after each and every person. Today, we don't want to be sleeping like the Californian. Actually, we want to fulfill the great commission that we heard in Matins today. It was about, the great commission was, go and make disciples of all nations. So you have a duty to go and make disciples, to find them, to bring them to the church. Today I want to speak to you about four ways, four ways we can be like these four friends. I see like some remarkable characteristics in them. One is that these four friends, they have an unquenchable desire to see the Lord. These four friends, I'm convinced that if they didn't have this paralytic man, they would have been the first people in, in the house. But they had a desire to see the Lord. And it's, it's rooted in the idea that they saw that the Lord is the solution to all their problems. I have problems, and I do, we have many problems, but the Lord has the solution. And we say this in so many of our prayers. In the prayer of the sick, we pray, You are He who loosens the bound and uplifts the fallen. The hope of those who have no hope. The help of those who have no helper. In the Agbeya prayers, we pray we have no helper in our hardships and tribulations, but, but you. So the Lord is the solution to our problems. I have bad habits. Jesus can help me break my bad habits. He can help me establish holy habits. I am lazy. Jesus calls me to be watchful. Jesus calls me to use my talents that he has given me. Not to bury them like that lazy servant did. In the ground. I have an illness. I have a sickness. I have weakness. Jesus Christ is my, is my strength. This is why I love to see the Lord. That's why I desire to see Him with all of my heart. I have a firm desire to be in His church. That's why the psalm said it so beautiful this morning. Oh God, You are my God. Early I will seek You. I will wake up early to seek You. I, because I desire to see you. I will wake up early to see you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. He says, I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. I feel these four men, they were coming, to, they wanted to see the Lord's power. You know, the gospel of today occurred in the city of Capernaum. The etymology of Capernaum is very interesting. It means 
the village of repentance. It means the city of comfort. Kafir means village. Nahum means sorry or comforted. So if we are seeking the Lord, where would we find Him? We find Him in Capernaum. We'll find him in Capernaum, the village of repentance. You'll find him if you are offering repentance. You'll find him if you want to find comfort. You'll find him in the city of comfort. The paralytic man, he came to the village of comfort, or the village of repentance, and he received forgiveness of sins. He came to the the city of comfort, and he was healed from his paralysis. Another reason to seek the Lord is because I am hungry from the Lord, as the psalm said. And that's why the the psalm that was prayed in the gospel just now said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall always be in my mouth, continually be in my mouth. The word of God should always be in my mouth. And that's why I love the, the acts of today. The Acts of today was about the first sermon that St. Paul gave to the Gentiles. And then at the end of the Acts, it says, The Gentiles begged. Look at how these people were hungry for the Word of God. It says, The Gentiles begged that these words might be preached to them on the next Sabbath. These people, they wanted to hear the Word of God. The Catholic epistle also says this, the same idea. It says, now this is the word by which the gospel was preached to you. As newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word. Desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. So seek the Lord by digging into his word. Another way to seek the Lord is to humble yourself. We need to empty ourselves. Humble means to empty ourselves so that we can become filled with the Holy Spirit. And one church father said, how can I reach Jesus? If I'm trying to get to Jesus, how can I reach Him? One church father said, it requires opening the roof. He says, what is the roof? He said, the roof is my mind, encompassing all within me. Constructed with many earthly clay tiles, representing earthly concerns. Earthly concerns. If these are removed, if I remove my earthly concerns, then, and I lower myself, as this paralytic man was lowered into the room, it means that I am humbling myself. I'm unburdening, unattaching myself to the earthly things. Then you will be able to, to see the Lord. Yeah? So, the four men, they sought after the Lord. They saw the Lord as the solution to their problems. They were hungry for the Lord and they humbled themselves. That's what it means to seek the Lord. Another way to be like the four friends is to have a desire to help others. To have a desire to help others. And the Pauline epistle speaks about this in Corinthians today. He says, Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us... Through us, diffuses the fragrance of His knowledge in every place. For we are the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved. I love this part where he says, through us diffuses the grace, diffuses the knowledge in every place. 
you know those like smelly, smelly flowery things that you plug in? Like the Glade like plug-ins? You plug those things in, it vaporizes and fills the room with like a beautiful odor. You are that Glade plug-in, if you will. You are every place that you go, you are releasing the fragrance of Christ in every place. So when I smell you, I don't want to smell, I mean, yeah, I can smell Christian Dior or whatever, Armani or whatever you guys wear, I don't know. But what would be better is that I smell Christ in you. That I smell Christ in you. You know, Pope Carolus, he had his senses enlightened so he could see through everything. He could see through any, like, you tell him, like, a lie, you see through it because he can see. He sees your thoughts. He could also smell the fragrance of Christ in people. And there's one story that a person, a non-believer, came at the end of liturgy and tried to put barakah menna and kiss. And Pope Carolus said this to this woman. He said, when are you going to... Tukhayil, you're coming to meet Pope Carolus, and this is what Pope Carolus says to you. When are you going to repent of your heresy and believe in the divinity of Christ? You smell of death. You smell of death. like you don't have the fragrance of Christ in you. You smell of death. He could smell it. And I imagine like fragrance of Christ smells haga wonderful smell of death. Not so nice. We are the fragrance of Christ. We make the church attractive. When people see us, they smell us, they see our actions, they see our love, they want to be in this place. Yeah? So the Christian who, who is himself seeking the Lord, that was the first point. The Christian is also the one who wants to bring others to the Lord. That's why if you think about the parable of the wedding feast, what did the Lord tell the servants? He told the servants, go into the highways, and as many as you find, invite to the wedding. So the servants went out into the highways and gathered together all whom they found, both bad and good. Into that those servants, to go into the highways, to find everywhere. To, the, the church should be the wedding banquet, the Lord wants the wedding banquet to be, to be full. I want to bring others to Christ. And actually, I realize this is the core of Christianity. We heard it in the Great Commission. Actually, you say it in Psalm 50 all the time. In Psalm 50, what do you say? Uphold me with... Uphold me with a... With a directing spirit. Then I shall... Then I shall... Teach the transgressors your ways... And the ungodly shall. So if you have the Holy Spirit, then your job is to teach the transgressors their way, your ways. And the ungodly man, they have to turn to you. I want to bring others to Christ. Number three, the four men, we can learn from them how they desire to work together. I love that four friends were carrying this man. They worked together for the salvation. Four people, four on one. Four on one. Imagine if the three other friends said, Yeah, I'm into Shiloh. 
and then they went and they did their own thing and they let this one person carry. Could the one person have gotten there? Yeah, I mean, probably. But actually, the one person, as he's traveling, he might start to get very, like, disgruntled, right? He might find discouraged. If four people are carrying the body, it's much easier than... One, because I'm sure on the way, we only have a little bit more to go. Yeah, you got this. Yeah, you got it. And they're encouraging each other and be shilubad, you know? But if three of them decided to say, I'm busy, he could have done it. He's an old man. He had an old man on his back too. Like that's the amazing thing of Ambab Shoy. Why did Ambab Shoy decide to pick up someone and he's an old man and he just Mishbi Fakkar. He just said, Oh, you wanna go see? Okay, Tada, Sheet, Like so I believe this one man, if he wanted to, he could have done it by himself. But much better if four carry together. Four carry together. I wish we could apply this concept to our service. Is that, yeah, one person can do a service by themselves. And it'd be very nice. But if four people do it together, and they're sitting there encouraging each other, to make the service much nicer. So, it'd be very nice for four to work together. Four on one. And I like this concept. Servants. Into you go four on one. Find four servants, you go on one. And carry people and bring them to the Lord. Be like another idea, like be like Barnabas, encouraging each other. The servants encouraging each other. You know, Barnabas was the son of encouragement. That's his name. And he was encouraging others. So into as servants and as friends, be like Barnabas. And lastly, and very quickly, that you need to fight to the end. Everything in this like world, everything in the spiritual life is a process. Is a process. Nothing happens overnight. Everything takes diligence. Everything takes commitment. Everything takes reminders. And waza. That's why we have a waza every week. That's why we have liturgy every week. That's why we have Bible study every week. Because we need reminders constantly. It is a process. Healing is a process. He was healed on the spot. But he has a life to go. And your salvation is to be worked out every day. So, the servants, they need to be... The four friends, they need to be consistent. If they reach, if they meet obstacles, they find ways around the obstacles. They innovate. They think together. Oh, we can't go in through the front door. It's crowded. Let's go. Menhenna. We don't let barriers stop us. The servants, they need to be relentless. Like, the, like these four friends. I hope today we learn from these four friends that we need to first to have a desire to see the Lord. Men- from our own desire to see the Lord. Secondly, we need to have this desire to help others. We don't want to be like the Californian and just let the boat sink. Three, we need to work together. We need to work together. And four, we need to fight to the end. We'll never give up. And glory be to God forever. Amen.